This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Excited to be with you today as we welcome on Ben Utech. He's a Super Bowl winner, won a Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts, the Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning led teams. And Ben was a tight end uh, for the Colts. He also played for the Bengals and he was in the NFL from 2003 to 2009. But he's an author, he's a speaker, he's a singer, accomplished at those things. And, and so it, his story is remarkable. It's been nine years since we've interviewed him. And this was actually before uh, we even officially launched Unpacking It Ministries. And, and so it's so great to have him back on it with, with this show that we're doing now. With, now we've got video. And, and so uh, really, really neat to, uh, to catch up with him. And he's really humble and really insightful. So today's uh, podcast and interview, a little different than some of our other conversations. Th- this one, we focus really in on what he speaks on and his topic. He's really into culture and what he learned while playing for Tony Dungy. And he's going to explain all of that and the process that he went through to realize that what Tony Dungy did and how that could actually be helpful and impactful for businesses and individuals uh, everywhere. And so uh, Ben Utech has a website, benutechspeaks.com. And he asks the question, as soon as you go to his website, he, uh, he says, do you believe in culture? And, and so it's a fascinating thing. I don't know how often we think about, okay, what is the culture of my home? What is the culture of my business? How am I contributing to the culture of my, of my workplace? And um, you know, here at Unpacking It, what's the culture of Unpacking It? And, and are we intentional about that? And, and, and how do we need to change that? And there is a culture, kind of everywhere we go, but what does it mean to actually uh, do it the right way and, and, and kind of invest the, the time and effort and, and strategy into creating culture? So anyway, it's a unique conversation, but I hope that it's really impactful uh, for you, especially for the, you know, the leaders that, that listen to this and, and all of you are leaders. And, and so the, the leaders in business and home communities, all that sort of thing. So wherever you fit in as a, as a leader, but that this is kind of for you today, kind of a, a special uh, conversation, but Ben has a great perspective on, on faith uh, as well. And it's the, the foundation for all that, that he's doing uh, as well. Um, we didn't get into this today, but a big part of kind of what Ben 
talks about as well, and, and, and he wrote a book about it. The book is called Counting the Days Until My Mind Slips Away. Five concussions in the NFL and, and, and just understands the, the harm that football had on his brain. Um, and so we'll maybe have that conversation another time. And I think we talked a little bit about that nine years ago. Um, so anyway, that we went a different direction today. I just wanted to give you that as a little bit of a, of a backdrop. Uh, I'll have one big takeaway at the end of the interview. So stick around uh, for that. Before we jump in, let me thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare offers affordable, reliable health care that you can trust. And, and they offer programs for every budget. So check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. So if you're an individual, parent, small business owner, ministry leader, you're self-employed, MediShare has options for you. The best part is they're members. My family is one of them. Save on uh, average 50% or more on their health care costs. And so it's, again, affordable, reliable uh, health care option. And, and so I uh, encourage you to check out the details, figure out if it's the right fit for you, metashare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now, let's jump in with Ben Utech. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. Joining us now on the MediShare guest line is Ben Utech. He was a Super Bowl champion with the Indianapolis Colts. He's a speaker on the topic, Believe in Culture. And we want to get into that today, but he's much more than a football player. He's also a musical artist. He's written a book called Counting the Days Until My Mind Slips Away. He plays college football at Minnesota, and he was an NFL tight end from 2003 to 2009 for the Colts and the Bengals. He's a husband, a father of four girls. He's got me doubled on that, and he's also a follower of Jesus, and we are thrilled to welcome Ben back on the show. It's been nine years uh, since he's been on Unpacking It. Ben, great to have you back. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back on. It's great to see you. Absolutely. So actually, we used to do a radio show and it was only on the phone. And so to be able to to, to do this on, on video, I'm fired up and, and we've got kind of nine years to, to catch up on a, a little bit. But I, I guess my uh, really the, the focus that I want to, to get into today is really what you now are, are passionate about and speak on. And it's this this concept of culture and believing in culture. And, and what I'm fascinated with is how did you land on this being your your message? What was that process? How did God you know, work in your life to, to get you to, to this point to say, all right, I'm going to go and share this and speak and, and help companies and organizations understand what it means to believe in culture? Yeah, so the last 10 years has been a bit of a roller coaster ride for me in having to discover myself all over again because – you know, when you start playing football in third or fourth grade and you make it to the NFL, you've been playing football for decades and your whole identity is wrapped up in a sport. And I knew I wanted to pursue music. My degree was in communications. I grew up as a pastor's kid and was always captivated by watching my dad get up in front of a congregation multiple times every week after spending his entire week building a message designed to pour into the human condition to improve 
um, and positively impact people's lives. And I, so I was always drawn to, you know, to the power of words and how God can use words to uh, improve the individual as he's done so many times in my life. And, and so after retirement, it was really taking this journey uh, with the Lord around helping discover what my purpose and my calling is. And, and, and so just within the last year, I feel like that answer has been given to me and it's, and it's really taking something that was so special, that was so profound that I took out of a Super Bowl locker room uh, from my Hall of Fame coach, Tony Dungy. Mm. And that was the belief that if you build better men, you get better football players. Mm. And that was radical because that's not typical. That's not a typical leadership style in sports, right? Usually sports is more of a fear-based model. We're going to break you down. We're going to build you back up. Uh, we're going to put a lot of stress and pressure on you to achieve. And if you don't, you won't make the team versus a platform of love and value, which says, um, I care deeply about you, not only as a player, but as a person. And I'm going to pour into the development of your life. Because if you become a stronger person, you're going to be a stronger football player. Mm. That's wow. that's radical. That's servant leadership at its core. Mm. And we won a world championship with it. Uh, I think the first coach to win a world championship on the foundation of servant leadership. And so mm. I began to realize for the first time that culture doesn't have to be this subjective idea. Everybody's chasing after it. Every company talks about it. Mm. And it's it's rare to find one that really is able to capture an objective chosen culture that unifies and brings the team together uh, and develops the human condition at work in order to achieve ultimate success and practice um, optimal behaviors. And so... I just set out on this path to take everything that I had learned from being in the, the presence of an incredible leader like Tony Dungy and and decided to build programming around that to go in and help uh, organizations define what their chosen culture is. I love it. No, I mean, that's that's incredible. And, and I guess the, the part that I'm fascinated by is you getting to that point of, of realizing that okay, you learned those lessons while you were playing, and I'm sure you you were aware of it, but maybe not to the extent of wow, this is he's really building this culture. So so when was that kind of where it all connected like that? You said in the last year you you figured out your purpose and calling, but sure. what about that impact of the of yeah. the culture? Right. The process. So the process really began um, as me entering into the inspirational, motivational world of keynote speaking. And so it started with just telling the story. And as I told the story, the response from the corporate industry is what began to make the light bulb start to flicker. And it was, it, it, you know, it was being pursued by, um, by organizations, not only to speak, but to now consult and to executive coach. And, and, and so I, it, it was this process of going deeper into the organization over time that allowed me to realize how powerful um, these ideas are and how to turn them into, into programming that can, actually, um, that can actually inspire and sustain transformation in, in an organization. And so that's, that's really kind of how the process 
uh, went. And then within the last year, uh, being pursued to to step inside organizations as a chief culture officer became a reality. And once I chose that, once I kind of said to the Lord, like, okay, this is my opportunity to take these incredible biblical principles that pour into the human condition that allow it, it doesn't matter who the person is, they can benefit from these sound leadership principles that we take from the greatest leader of all time and put them into practice and put them into work. Ah, I love it. Absolutely. Well, so you, you mentioned some of those those biblical principles and, and looking to Jesus as our as our, our leader. So so what are some of the, those key things that, that bubble up uh, from that perspective that, that you've implemented into uh, kind of your framework? So you, you, you'd never really expect these types of principles to be practiced in an NFL locker room. But when you talk about um, humility, vulnerability, empathy, uh, integrity, grace, these are all, these are all core beliefs that guide the behaviors and actions of people and communities. And, and within that is an opportunity to discover the secret sauce, which is how do you practice and develop those in your individuals? Every company has a value statement. So every, every company um, sits around a board table and they, they talk about what they believe in in order to write a value statement. What I learned is you've got to go much deeper than a value statement. You have to actually dive deep into the beliefs that you talked about in order to get to the value statement. And you have to create what I call the what, why, and how of culture. Culture is what you believe, why you believe it, and how you behave it. Right. It's how you practice it. That is the difference maker. Mm. And that's one of the major differences between corporate America and professional sports. In football, we practiced 95 percent of the time to perform five percent of the time. Mm. Wow. But in corporate America, you're performing 98 percent of the time. And maybe you get two percentage of of leadership development over the course of your of your year. Um, and that's. That's an issue. That's a problem. When you when you look at the greatest athletes in the world, it's because they spend most of their lives practicing, right, in order to give you that glimpse of performance and, and that only comes out of out of that practice. And so that is where I love to bring a unique NFL lens into the corporate world because if you just spend the time you're able to de- de- develop these programs that you can practice to take a chosen culture and distribute it across an entire organization so that every single person is touched by these powerful core beliefs that guide the behaviors of an organization. And that that is what brings unity and positive engagement for everyone on the team. Gosh, I, I absolutely love it. And and as I, I think back to, you know, Tony Dungy was able to create that culture in the Colts locker room, we saw the success and an awesome Super Bowl. And the, you look back and all the all the leaders that came from that team that are doing amazing things now in and out of football. It's it's remarkable. Uh, so many men of faith as well. Did did Tony Dungy's way of coaching affect the culture of coaching? This kind of I, I don't know. This oh, one hundred percent. So how did that how did that happen? One hundred percent. Because any anytime anytime a leader. Uh, any time someone is is willing to step out and be a crusader uh, for a style that they believe in, 
and it, and and it's a style that wins on a international level. So when you win in front of 101 million people watching around the world, it's really hard to argue that that style is not effective. And right. so and so he was able to to draw a line in the sand with that platform. And that empowers new coaches who who actually care about the same way of treating people and treating players to come in and have more support underneath bringing that perspective in, into coaching versus a more, you know, old, old school and even at times small minded a view of how you actually should develop people. That's neat. No, it's a, it, yeah, I'm, now I'm thinking of some coaches, even, even outside of football that, that, that follow a similar cultural model for sure which is neat. So uh, in doing research about kind of your, some of your concepts, I, I love your four L's yes. and it, not that you have to get into all of them. Um, sure. Maybe give us kind of an overview of those four L's and, and kind of how you, you describe those, those, those four L's. And then one of them I want to ask you more about. Sure. So as I stepped back and, and tried to compartmentalize all of the different um, all of the different leadership qualities that I took away from my time in Indianapolis with the Colts, um, I was able to kind of consolidate everything into these four core beliefs. Um, and it's what does it mean to be a champion, listener, learner, language user, or somebody who communicates effectively, and then love, which is always the the, the one that curls every toe of of every executive I've, I've ever spoken for, because you just, it's just a, it's a, it's a word and a concept that, that um, is a, is a rarity in that, in that industry. But um, these are the, these are the four core principles that I believe really guided, you know, our culture. What does it mean to be a champion listener? Um, I always love telling this because I ask the question to um, to people: What do you think is the most important part of an NFL offense that leads to a, a touchdown or a score? What's the most important thing that has to happen on the field? What's your answer? Gosh, I don't know. I don't want to give the wrong answer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no problem. The, the answer is the huddle. Oh, the huddle. And, 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 and no, right, but it kind of seems obvious when I when I say it. But the reality is, is nobody ever stops the Sunday party to watch the huddle, right? <laughs> it's out of sight, out of mind. It's monotonous. It happens all the time, but it is the epicenter of the distribution of all information that leads to, that, that leads to any successful play that happens on a field. Okay. And so we actually had a culture of the huddle and the culture of the huddle was stop, look, and care. The minute Peyton Manning stepped into the huddle, your leader begins to speak. Everything stops. It's an act of selflessness that, um, that allows you to pursue and, and to take all of your attention and focus it on the leader. Look is the pursuit of that information, right? It, it's, it's actually physically looking. So the rule of, uh, from our offensive coordinator was not only do I want you to use your ears to listen to Peyton, I want you to look at his mouth. And I want that way if, if in front of 80,000 people, if you don't hear every word, you can maybe see the words that are that are coming out of his mouth. And then the last is care. And this is this is the powerhouse. This is where empathy comes in to being a great listener. And empathy is being able to put yourself in the position of of the person you're working with. And so if I don't have empathy towards the responsibilities of the other 10 players on offense, 
I'll never be able to do my job as a tight end well. Because everything that they do affects what my job is in milliseconds, you know, over on average 65 to 75 plays a game, right? So listening is a quality that has to be exceptional at an NFL level. And we created an objective system to practice it. Stop. When, when your leader begins to speak, everything stops. It's the act of selflessness. Pursue. It's looking, it's actually pursuing the information physically, and care is choosing to be empathetic. Whenever somebody speaks, they usually are speaking because they have something important to say. Mm. And the more empathetic you are to that, the more you'll actually be able to get the information you need to be successful. And that that's kind of just a glimpse into, and I do that for each of the L's, right? But that's, yep. that's the core of the L. So there you go. You, you, you have, you're going to ask me about one of them. Yeah, that was powerful. So one of my big passions is you know the concept of, of learning, your, your L, learning, and sure. specifically asking great questions. And, yeah. of course, I do a podcast and I ask questions and, and, and want to be a good interviewer. But for me, this is a more of a lifestyle. I want to ask good questions to my wife. I want to ask good questions to my daughter, my friends, and, and people that I randomly meet. Um, and so I think you're on the same page with me with, with this. Uh, but, but take us into and unpack a little bit more on the concept of learning. Yeah, so learning was a system uh, that revolved around what I call questions, execution, and evaluation. And it was a, it's, a, it's a cyclical learning process that starts with asking great questions, which allow you to take the answers and go execute. And then you spend, we spend so much time in the NFL evaluating the execution in order to ask more great questions. Right. And, and so the way that, you know, Dungey approached um, asking great questions was to remove all insecurity, because you'll be surprised how many um, adults that I talk to when I ask this question and speaking in front of hundreds of people, how many of you still feel insecure about asking questions in front of your peers at work? And you'd be surprised at how many hands are raised. Because there's, there's, people don't want to be um, seen as foolish or they don't want, um, they don't want to ask questions that, that they are assuming their boss should already think they should know. And so they don't want to look like they're not doing the job that they're there to do at a high level. So there's a number of, of reasons why people feel insecure. Um, and the way Dungey removed that was by, by, you know, making every player ask a question. So like in the tight ends room, when we'd be watching film, we all had to ask questions. That's cool. And so when the, when the, when, yeah, when the team is doing it together, there's no reason to, there's no reason to be insecure, you know? And so that, that was one of the, and that's something that I try and do now. It's something I do in, in my own family with my girls. And, and it's something that I try to, to live out as well. Uh, and again, it goes back to that idea that, you know, when you create these types of, uh, of objective ways of looking at leadership development, um, it really comes back to the practicing, mm. right? Everything is about, well, how do you practice asking great questions? How do you practice execution? How do you practice evaluation? Uh, and, and especially in ways that, you know, pour into the human condition. And that's the key. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. And, and I encourage people to uh, check out Ben's website, Ben Utech Speaks. 
Bet.com and, and learn more about kind of this, this concept of, of believe in culture. And, and he asks the, the question, do you believe in culture? And you can find out more information about his speaking and, and, and a lot of these concepts and, and offers a lot of great content uh, as well that, that will be encouraging. So I love your, your passion for, for culture, and, and I also know your, your, your passion about, about the Lord. And you, you mentioned uh, growing up with a, a dad as a pastor. So one question is, did you ever consider being a pastor? Um, and then we'll, we'll go from there. You know, that was it, it's, it's something that came across my, my mind and my heart. Um, a number of times, I just always felt like I was called um, to do things outside of the church. Mm. And so, you know, I kind of look at what I'm doing now as an opportunity to be very ministerial. I think when people talk about my speaking style, um, I always feel like it is affirming what I always loved about my dad, which which is someone who speaks with authenticity and sincerity and you know I think my style is very much like my my father's and and uh you know he had a he had a nickname in the Methodist church called the Velvet Hammer Hmm. and I I love that because you know I feel like especially now more than ever when we live in a just a a national and worldly culture that that is so um sensitive to you know, to words, we, we've got to be strategic, right? We've got to know how to speak and how to communicate with people effectively so that, so that the words we use actually become seeds that can be planted and to not take that for granted. And so I, I kind of look at, you know, what I do as a, as a speaker and as, a, as an executive as, as uh, my own form of, of ministry. Mm, that, that's neat. And, and, and one of the words used, I think, to describe you and your, your speaking was the word vulnerable and, and your willingness to be, be very vulnerable. And, and I'm curious how that plays out uh, just as a believer and, and even whether it's on stage, but, but even maybe more so in relationships, the sure. value of vulnerability and, and really being able to encourage others and minister to others with, with that type of humility and, and vulnerability. Yeah, I think that, first of all, it's you talk about one of the hardest things to develop in a, a locker room of fifty-three of the most masculine people on the planet, you know, and, egot- and egotistical people on the planet, right? We have there's so much confidence in that in that locker room, and for good reason. I mean, you, you have to, you know, you get to that level, you have to have that, and so you know, vulnerability is defined as opening oneself up to being emotionally wounded, and and that's difficult, right? But when you practice it, it has such a powerful effect on building deeper and more meaningful relationships. Um, you build companionships uh, when you're able to learn more about each other than just the role that you play in the organization. And so, you know, one of the ways that we, we practice this was very similar to the church um, style of small group meetings. Mm. And we would get together with, with players outside of uh, the playing field and we'd break bread together and we'd, we'd um, ask relational questions to go deeper into, into the, um, you know, individual belief system of, of our team members. And that created a platform of, of deep respect and, and value that otherwise would never have been there if we didn't choose to 
open ourselves up uh, to being emotionally uh, wounded. And, and so I always say that vulnerability equals connectivity. Mm. And I'm okay with it because I, I know exactly who I am. And I'm not overly concerned about what people think and because I know what my father thinks. And, and that is, I think, what allows me to speak openly about um, the highs and, and lows that I have experienced as a, as a, a man, as a husband, as a father. Um, I'm okay with talking about my imperfections because I think that's, that's where some of the greatest fruit of development comes from. And so I encourage all of us to, you know, to have the courage. It, it is courage uh, and the boldness to, to be vulnerable. Gosh, that's, that, that's powerful. And just to unpack that a little bit further, the, the, being able to say confidently, you know who you are, to say, I know who I am. What was that process like for you? And, and, and how, how have you gotten to that, that place? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a, I feel like that's a lifelong journey and it's going to be layers upon layers upon layers of discovery over time. When I feel like I'm in the healthiest places, uh, you know, spiritually, emotionally, relationally in my life, it's when I'm, it's when I'm really um, choosing to make God a priority. And that reflects through spending time in the word, uh, through spending time in prayer uh, and through spending time with the people that are the greatest support spiritual support system in my life. When, when I'm, when I'm really focusing on those areas, that's, that is when I really feel like I, you know, I'm like, I've really captured and I'm living in my identity Mm. um, the way that I should. And that, that, those moments really empower me to, you know, to, um, to be, vulnerable or, or to be any of the other beliefs that I, that I try to practice. Oh, that, that, that's neat. What, what are some of those kind of practical disciplines, uh, for you to, to keep God as the, the priority and, and, and how do you maybe even recognize, okay, he's, he's, he's not, here's kind of the first step back to sure. making, making him the, well, that. one of the things that I loved about the NFL was they really did a good job of, of removing distraction, mm-hmm. right? Because, the more distraction they can remove, the more you're free to be the player that you were brought in to be. And, and I feel like that came through um, such a stable system that is created at that high of a professional sports level. And so I try to create those systems in my, in my own life. And, and when, I, when I don't do that and I kind of live a more free-flow uh, you know, lifestyle, when talking about my schedule, you know, there are times where it just becomes chaotic and you become overwhelmed mm. and, and you start to um, lose sight of what is most important and you spend less time with the Lord and you spend less time praying. Um, but those times when I'm really good about organizing my time and prioritizing my time around the things that matter the most and even, even scheduling those things, um, and I've, I've even been coached by, by mentors in, in scheduling your rest time. Yeah. Um, don't just leave it open. You know, when you go into your, to your calendars, um, don't just schedule the, the appointments that you have. Schedule the appointments or schedule the, the, the rest moments that you need to have. Mm. 
right? Block out those times that where it says, you know, spend time with family, spend time with the Lord, spend, and, and create a system that can provide you some stability and remove some of the distraction. Man, that's really, really encouraging. I, I, I love that and, and can totally relate to that, that, yeah, when my schedule gets a little chaotic, things get, get out of whack, but when I'm, I'm more systematic. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. So that's a, that's a good, good reminder and, and challenge to, to me. And I'm sure many people listening. Um, well, gosh, Ben, I, I could talk to you all day and, and, and appreciate yeah. all your, your, your wisdom and, and insight today. Um, the one thing I did want to talk to you about though, before we go. So I'm a, a girl dad. I, I have two daughters. Uh, they're mm-hmm. both under the age of three. So I think yours are a little older and you've got, you got double that. So four, four daughters, <laughs> um, Give, give me something. Give me some encouragement. What what's what's life like as as four dad uh, of a dad of four dur- girls? Oh my gosh, my wife calls our house the estrogen ocean, and I'm just uh, I'm just this this buoy that's kind of like trying to stay afloat in in this incredibly uh, special, beautiful, and and dramatic sea that we're that we're swimming in. But you know, as you were starting to ask the question, I I just the word that kind of really popped into my mind and heart was, was protection. I mean, I, 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 um, I have learned so much about myself as a, as a man uh, from these incredible women. <clears throat> and I think it's important for us as, as, as dads with daughters to realize that we are their first example of what a hero looks like mm-hmm. and how a man treats a woman. Mm-hmm. And, and in that is is um, an opportunity uh, to have an incredible imprint on their lives, and and that that was a, a real profound um, lesson for me uh, to take you know to take in, and and so I I've just I think one of the big things that um, that that we have to do as dads of daughters is is really protect their hearts. And so I, I, I really, and I'm not talking about being an overprotective or, you know, um, I'm not talking about, you know, leading our children um, in, in the wrong ways. I'm, I'm talking about um, giving them a support system, a knowledge base, um, being a great listener, um, being a, a father who's willing to um, submit and get on his knees in front of his girls when he's wrong and say that he's wrong and apologize, right? These are all qualities that they, if you do consistently, they will begin to expect that out of a man in the future. Mm. And so that in and of itself is a protective strategy um, that can cover their hearts. And so I'm, I'm not perfect by any means, but I, I do really try to, to, you know, to do those things um, I try to love my wife, you know, visually in front of the girls, right? Yes. And, and, and I often affirm my wife and I often, I love just like hugging and kissing my wife in front of my girls because they, they're still young enough where they kind of freak out. It's gross, but, but, <laughs> but, the, but you can tell they're watching yes. and they're watching and they're, and they're smiling and their, their eyes are, are, you know, glistening. I mean, it, you can tell that it's, that even though they're kind of being silly with it, that, that it's like they love it and, and they pursue me that way. And they're going to expect that 
in the future, you know, from a young man. And I'm going to expect that in the future from a young man. Absolutely. No, that's good. Yeah, my, my one daughter, Maddie, she's she's almost three, but she'll go, here's your wife. Like if I just get home, here's your wife. And she wants me to acknowledge her and, and kiss her. And, and so I, it's awesome. amazing, at, at, even at that, that age. And so it, war- it warms my heart and uh, it's yeah. a reminder for sure. But, uh, cool. but cool. Well, Ben, gosh, so great to catch up with you. And hate it's been so you long, but, but we'll, uh, we'll do this again and, and can't wait to see how, how things continue to develop. Uh, with, with everything you're doing and helping people understand culture, build the right kind of culture, believe in culture. Uh, we're trying to figure those kind of things out here at Unpacking It as well. So um, this was helpful to, to me today as well. So uh, thank you, Ben. And thank uh, you. We'll, we'll look forward to the next time. Sounds good. All right. There's Ben Utech joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Check out BenUtechSpeaks.com. BenUtechSpeaks.com. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much to Ben for joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. And wow, so so much encouragement. I love that, that concept of you know, really scheduling rest, scheduling time with the Lord. Ultimately, we want to be with the Lord. We are with the Lord all day. We just have to acknowledge him that he is with us and and, and be aware of his presence and, and pray throughout the day. But that intentional time that we talk about a lot on the show, scheduling that, making sure that, hey, I can't, no, I can't schedule something in this time. This is my time with the Lord uh, and, sticking, and sticking with that, the discipline of that. We don't do it out of obligation, but we do it out of consistency and knowing that that's our priority. We want to be with the Lord uh, in that, in that concentrated time, that, that fellowship uh, with him. So I love that conversation, but I mentioned it during the interview. I'm very passionate about asking questions and you may think, Oh, well, of course you ask questions on on the podcast, but to me, this is something that everybody needs to do and everybody needs to get better at. And so I love that Ben part of his framework is learning. And how do you learn? You ask questions. So I've developed this over the years and and have tried to to get better and better at it. But I want to ask questions when I meet somebody at a, you know, at someone's birthday party, or you're out at dinner with somebody or a networking event or some other event where you just meet people, you got to ask questions. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to ask people questions about who they are and what they do and, and that sort of thing. But then actually asking interesting questions about, okay, wait, how does that really work? And understanding different industries. Like, you know, I could be talking to, uh, you know, an accountant or something that's, that's you know, just out of, has nothing to do with faith and sports with unpacking it, but I can learn something from that person just by asking questions. And, and so we, we have to do this. And then also just in relationship with other people, you know, with our wives and kids and friends. We have to ask good questions to know what's really going on with people, to really understand people, uh, asking follow-up questions, not taking things at face value. And so actually learning about our wives, learning about our kids. And so being a lifelong learner, yeah, we want to have knowledge and, and learn about how the world works and, and how you know, different businesses are set up and, and all that. All of that is great. But what about learning about people? And then when we ask questions, we can ask questions in prayer asking God questions, 
so that he'll answer those questions and he'll reveal those answers, whether it's through reading scripture, whether it's through a conversation later on with, with somebody else, it ends up being answered in a, listening to a sermon, maybe even a, a worship song, something, but asking God questions. God, what do I do in this situation? Or, or while, while we're reading, God, I don't understand this verse. Help me to understand this. What does this mean? Or, or why, why did you do the, you know, this? And obviously we can't know the answer to every, everything. And he, he only reveals certain aspects at certain times. And as we grow and mature, we get to learn more and more. But this idea of being a lifelong learner in all aspects of our lives and, and really that, just the concept that he talked about is asking questions. And, and I love what he shared with football players, with Tony Dungy, having the opportunity or the freedom to ask questions without being criticized. And you, may, you remember when we grew up and the teachers say, hey, there's no such thing as a dumb question. And then, you know, some people will go the other side of that. And yeah, there are stupid questions. And all right, you know, there, of course there are some stupid questions, but th this, this concept of the freedom of asking questions. No, there's not. Remove the fear of, oh, maybe this is a dumb question. If we're really thoughtful and we're, we're being genuine about the, the, the inquiry and, and we're curious, I think it's, there, there are great questions that, that we can ask and we don't have to worry about it being a dumb question. So we just have to take the steps sometimes. I think we hold back like, oh, I bet that person doesn't want to tell me that. So we, we're hesitant to ask the question. And then we're pleasantly surprised when we actually do ask. And it's not that we pry in people's lives in a way that's annoying. But it's just being interested and curious in other people and say, no, 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 tell, tell me more about that. What, 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 did, what did you mean by that? I heard, you know, you said this, but what did you really mean? And then people share more. And it's amazing when you actually start asking questions. And even today with Ben, I kind of went off script a little bit. My intern Landon did a great job coming up with questions. I came up with questions, but I was just sort of listening to Ben and we went in different directions today. And sometimes I'm, I'm real I stick to the questions for the interview. Sometimes I'm a little more free-flowing based on the conversation. Um, and so sometimes even when we go out to lunch with somebody or we know that we're going to have a meeting with a, a boss or somebody that works for us or with us, having some questions in mind of what we want to ask, those are good to do. That's good preparation. But then also actually listening and learning in the midst of the conversation and then asking questions that that fall in line with that. So I'm passionate about it. I could talk about it all day. Um, so I'm, I'm learning and growing in this area, but hopefully that there's something in there that's encouraging to you uh, from a practical standpoint and even a spiritual standpoint of asking questions. And, and even asking questions, you know, you can ask God in prayer th those, those answers to questions, but then also asking somebody else that maybe is further along in their faith journey saying, hey, I was reading in, in James today and I, I didn't quite understand what this meant. What, what, what have you learned about this verse? Or oh, this seems to to be confusing when I when I also read this part over here. What have you learned? And and asking questions in that regard as well. So we just got to ask questions. Let's ask questions. So a mil million great takeaways from Ben Utech. Hopefully all of you had your own great takeaway. That was uh, what I wanted to unpack a little bit further. But uh, again, his web his website is benutechspeaks.com. Well, thank you for listening to today's podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. And I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. 
And thanks for joining us here on the Unpacking the Podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.